Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast this week. If you're new or visiting, on behalf of my wife Maria and I and the whole Everyone Church fam, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to know more about us, find us on Instagram, Facebook, head to our website, everyonechurch.com.au. We are a new local Christian church in the MacArthur region, and uh, we'd love to have you come along. We're on the, the, the lead into Easter weekend, a very pivotal weekend for us as Christians, but also for us as a church. You know, if you are part of our church, make sure you get to our Easter Sunday fun day. We're having a short service in the park, followed by a barbecue and a bunch of Easter egg hunts. We've got a whole bunch of visitors coming. You know, Easter and Christmas are the uh, two big events for us as a church that really bring in a whole bunch of new families, unchurched families, and we love to make them feel welcome and share the love of Jesus where we can, of course. Hey, I set out this week to write a teaching about the cross. The cross, I mean, where to begin, where to start, something that is so huge for us as Christians, so huge for the world. You know, the most iconic imagery in human history is Jesus on the cross. Uh, But, you know, let's give it a try. We're going to give it a try. Wherever you're listening to this, whether you're driving to work, whether you're, um, whatever you're doing, we're going to take the next few moments to focus in on the cross and all that it represents for us. Now, I'm going to be throwing out a bunch of scriptures today, but I really want to focus on Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 11. Uh, That's going to be our kind of core focus scripture. So I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The Apostle Paul says this. He says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Verse 9, And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his Son while we were still his enemies— we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. Verse 11, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this time together on this podcast. Thank you for technology and stuff. I pray that these next moments would be sweet moments at the foot of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, what an amazing passage of scripture that highlights all of what the cross is about. Um, for the, and in these verses, we see um, some descriptors of, of who we are and also what Christ achieved and what he did and also what we can become. Like, Firstly, let's think about the, the words used to describe you and I. In verse 6, it says that we're utterly helpless. Verse 8, it says we're sinners. Verse 10, it says we are enemies of God. Uh, Verse 9, it says, we were heading toward God's condemnation. And this is the state we are in without the cross. Uh, This is the state we are in without receiving Christ. It's like we're in an out-of-control car on a horrible trajectory, on a horrible collision course with God's condemnation. And maybe today that is your status. 
Maybe if you were honest, you would say, man, I'm a sinner. I need saving. I need rescuing today. And then there are these key words that are used to describe what Christ did. It says that he died for us. It says that in verse 6, 7, and 8. For us. And that this word for is, is the Greek word uh, hooper, which can literally be exchanged for instead of us, in place of us, that Christ died instead of us. So this means when we think about the cross, when we think about the process leading up to enduring the cross, Jesus' betrayal and trial, the lashes all over his body, so much so that like historians tell us that you couldn't put two fingers on his body anywhere without touching one of these stripes or lashes. It's a bit of a contrast compared to like the little statues you see of Jesus when he's got like a cut on his cheek and and like a loincloth on and stuff like that. It was a lot more gruesome than that. The crown of thorns on his head, the nails in his hands and feet. When we think of the cross, what we're actually witnessing is what was meant for us, for us. Christ was dying for us, in place of us. You know, the cross is a personal sacrifice for you, for you. It says it in this way in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 14, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. What was nailed to the cross? Your sins, right? But let's also consider who was taking those nails. It was Jesus. It was his body. When we think of the cross, we are reminded of the ultimate cost of our sin. If there was no sin, there would be no need for the cross. The cross was dealing with sin, and not just the sins of the world, yes, of course, but also my sin, my turning away from God, my disobedience, my hate, my lust, my unforgiveness, my rejection of God and His ways. You know, there is a big difference between hearing Jesus died for the world and knowing that He died for me, for me. Christ died for me. I remember when I was in high school scripture in year seven, and uh, <laughs> I never forget it because it, there was this lesson where um, they were talking about, uh, our scripture teachers were talking about sin. It was the first time I, I really kind of realized the whole purpose of why Jesus came, like big picture. And um, I remember they pulled out like a piece of paper, um, our scripture teachers, Troy Davis and Ricky uh, Troy's going to be with us in May as a guest speaker, so we're still still good friends with Troy. And uh, he he pulled out a piece of paper and he um, presented to the class. And I, let's just pretend we're in scripture right now, okay? I, I've got a piece of paper here. If I was to put a dot on that paper for every time you have told a lie, or uh, there'd be lots of dots, right? For some of us, we'd cover a whole page in dots just with our lies, uh, or Every time we've hated someone or disobeyed God, every time we've sinned, if you were to put a dot on that paper for every sin you committed, what would likely happen for all of us is we would cover that page. Maybe you're using a red texture, putting dots. It would just become a red page filled with sins, 
right? And I remember they were presenting this in scripture, and then they just finished the lesson. They said, oh, well, we'll tell you next week what happens uh, about this. And I remember as a young kid going home, getting on the bus on the way home and just thinking, dude, I'm such a sinner. And then going to bed that night and thinking, what am I going to do about this? I've got all this sin going on, right? And the good news is we found out the next week that Jesus died for those sins. And and that's that's and it became deeply personal for me, right? That Jesus would love me enough to give his life for me. This is the gospel. That's why we call it the good news. You could sum, summarize the gospel in 10 words. The first five, I am a guilty sinner. The next five, but Christ died for me. For me. It's personal, right? Uh, Isaiah said this hundreds of years before Christ would come. He says in Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. And this is this is the thing, that, that page covered in sin, the Lord by the cross, the power of the cross, washes it clean. Not only does he wash it clean, he gives you a whole new page. He gives you a whole new life. He gives you his record in exchange. Now, Jesus wants us to remember the personal nature of the cross, the personal nature. When Jesus introduced communion to his disciples, he, he emphasized this. It says in Luke 22, verse 19 and 20, he, this is Jesus, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. The same words there, Hooper, the sa- given for you. Do this in remembrance of me, he says. And then in verse 20, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed by my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Same words. Jesus uses the same words here. It's it's, it's instead of you, in place of you. We could reread it like this. This is my body, which is given instead of yours. Uh, This is my blood, which was poured out as a sacrifice instead of yours. The cross is deeply personal. It's a personal sacrifice for you. Billy Graham once said, The greatest vision of sin that a person can ever receive is to look at the cross. You know, our world has a sin problem. You know, it's not popular to talk about sin (laughs) much. People get triggered, you know. We're happy to talk about other sin. We're happy to talk about the church's sin or an institution's sin, but we, we, you know, it's not institutions that are sinning, it's individuals in that institution, right? And when we start talking about our sin, people get uncomfortable. But we can all agree here. Can we just all agree that we are all sinners? We are all in the same boat. I am not more deserving than you. Another great Billy Graham quote I read this week is he says, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all equal, regardless of race, gender, sexuality, denomination, doctrine, how good or bad. You know, we're all sin- sinners here, right? And when we look at the cross, there should be an element of it that reminds us of our sin that put Christ there. If there was no sin, there would be no need for the cross. We, we must all come to the cross frequently with humility and repentance. You know, repentance means to turn and go the other way. We were going one way, which was, as it says in our core scriptures today, we were heading towards God's condemnation, right? And now we, in repentance, we turn and we head the opposite way. We head toward the cross. But it doesn't end there, 
right? If we get back to our core verses, it also talks about in Romans 5, in, in verse 11, it, it describes what we can become. It says in Romans 5.11, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. So these verses, they describe who we are, what Christ did, and also what we can be. This says we can rejoice. We can be friends with God. The cross isn't just a reminder of our sin. It's also an invitation. I saw a comment on Facebook this week. Uh, I think it was like a William Lane Craig um, article about the atonement, the price Jesus paid for us. And someone commented, obviously a, 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 an atheist or, 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 or a skeptic, said, anyone celebrating the torture and death of another for any reason requires urgent psychiatric help. <laughs> and it's not that we celebrate and glory in what happened to Jesus. No, quite the opposite. I'm saddened by the cross. The cross is not something I go, oh, great, l- love it. No, it's 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 sad. It's it's terrible. A good Friday, we call it good, but it was not a good Friday for Jesus, right? So we don't glory in the gruesomeness of the cr- the cross, the the gore of the cross. No, you know when we look to the cross today, we don't just look at it and observe it and, and think about it and, and how bad it was. No, we don't just look to the cross today. We actually, as Christians, look through the cross. We see that there is purpose in the price Jesus paid for us, and that purpose was a display of love for you and me. We see that in paying the ultimate price for our sins, Jesus was displaying his ultimate love for us. It says in 1 John Two, two. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. And probably the most famous Bible verse of all, John three sixteen. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And then verse 17 says, God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Through the cross, our sins are washed away, right? We look to the cross and are reminded, oh my goodness, look at what my sin cost. But through the cross, we are made right with God. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ, through Him. Come on, let's not let the cross fall into irrelevance. It is, it, it, it is at the forefront of all that we are as Christians. The power of the cross. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 3 to 7. He says this, I pass on to you what was most important. Okay, let's pause there. This is just verse 3 of chapter 15. I passed on to you what was most important. You know, there's a lot of things that we can deem important in the Christian faith. Like we're, we're planning a church. Lots of people find certain things important in church life. The worship, the venues. Uh, what the pastor's views are on vaccines or, or, or what their opportunities are to lead or, or, or to do stuff, you know, and, and all these things, they, they, they are somewhat important. But I'll say just a confession of a church planner, not one person in our last year and a half of church planning has asked us, do you preach the cross here? <laughs> do you preach the repentance of sin? Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 to 7. I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, 
Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And then Paul goes on to say, then he he encountered me. (laughs) And now this is most important, to look to the cross and through the cross. Come on, we're leading into Easter here. This is not just a seasonal thing. This is an everyday thing. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. One of my favorite hymns is, is the old hymn that says, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. And, you know, at church, we took a time of communion at, uh, in amongst the, the preaching time. And we sang that song, Jesus Paid It All, as a time of remembrance, as a time of refocusing to and through the cross. And Lord, we just thank you for all that you did on the cross for us. And today... Uh, on this podcast, wherever we are, we stop for a moment and we look to and through the cross and we say thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that you gave for us. Thank you for our sin debt that was paid on the cross. Thank you for giving your all for us. And because of that, Lord, we we are in- eternally indebted to you. We love you. We We serve you with all that we are. Amen. Amen. And I don't know where you're at with your journey when it comes to following Jesus, but get back to the cross. Come on. If, if, if Jesus has fallen into irrelevance you know, in your life, well, you've probably missed the point of the cross, haven't you? You've probably forgotten what this is all about, and that is Jesus giving his life and raising from the dead. Come on, let's get back to what it's all about. It's about him. It's about his glory, and it's about living for him. Amen. Well, well, hey, we hope you have an amazing Easter season, uh, Easter weekend. Uh, We're not going to be podcasting our Easter Sunday fun day. We will have a couple of weeks of online, the two weeks after that, to kind of rest throughout the school holidays, and and we will be back in person on the 30th of April. But hey, we're going to catch up. Guys are getting together for dinner. The ladies are getting together for lunch, I think, one week, and and it's going to be fantastic. But join the journey, and let's... Take up our cross. Let's follow Jesus every day. Have a great week.